Hey everybody, welcome back to another episode of Millennials Anonymous Podcast. Yes, this is your girl Lise Winnie. My name is Lise and I'm a millennial. So you know we gotta get everything popping and rolling and rightfully so because Mother's Day is past and I'm so excited. So shout out to all the moms out there. Happy Mother's Day to all the moms out there. Happy Mother's Day to all of the mother figures and all of the grandmothers whom daughters or sons drop the kids off and now they're raising them. Shout out to all the grandmama mamas we sh- we appreciate y'all shout out to anybody who's taking care of other people's child or child that they may not have raised shout out to all the stepmamas and stepmoms out there shout out to y'all that is not an easy thing to do shout out to all the women that have become mother figures to their baby daddy or baby father or baby mama's kids shout out to y'all so we appreciate you uh, or your boyfriend's kids as well your boyfriend or girlfriend's kids shout out to the y'all are we appreciate y'all as well so let's get the party started and rolling and rocking but whoa wait 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 wait. let me pump the brakes a little bit because i'm I'm on cloud nine and i want to tell y'all while i'm on cloud nine before i move into these top 10 trending topics so two reasons one on mother's day when we record brunch in on sundays we got to talk to nokio nokio from drew hill when i tell you i'm from baltimore i grew up in baltimore so it's a big deal that i got a chance to talk to nokio from drew hill and I was so we talked about the Cisco Breakfast Club interview because he mentioned Nokia and he mentioned Drew Hill and he clarified some things and we were also able to really get some more information because he's doing rock music now and it, it was so and he's recorded an R&B album he was so amazing like I am so happy that all the people that I've talked to recently have been super dope like we've had a couple people on the show was like what the fuck was that but this wasn't it like he was so down to earth that i'm on a earth train and then we're also talking to delay today so i'm so excited but before i can do that you know i gotta do the thing that i do every week which is give you the top 10 trending topics of the week all right so here you go to top 10 trending topics of the week so takashi 69 goes on a snitch all biopic slash instagram live where he broke down ig he broke it down so it is so broke down like a broke back down mountain that he had two million people actually looking at the live at the time he looked like he was gonna cry a little bit on there and he was just going off saying hey this is why i had snitch because meek mill decided that he ain't like that him and sue dosa they don't don't even be liking snitches like that we don't even be liking that and so meek mill went on to twitter and he pretty much put out a tweet that said that you know he's a snitch and snitches are bringing down the black community and this is why the black men be getting in trouble and it was a a rat that killed nipsey hustle and all of that other stuff and so takashi and takashi form came back you know saying like you should be pressed you know you shouldn't be pressed over a little rainbow head mexican and then he continued to go off and he continued to troll because that's what he does and that is how he is so goddamn popular he got 35 million views on youtube song is trash to me personally i find it trashy but that's what that's what kids like it's just not my kind of music now i will say that i did rock with what was it fifi I think it was Fifi. I did. I did have that song on rotation a little bit. Shout out to Nikki, who he pulled in this too. And I'm like, Nikki, don't need no more drama. She, she, she like Mary J. Blige. She like no more drama because she got a lot of drama. 
um you know she got a lot of baggage over there and so she's she's just trying to do her thing I and mean, i'm pretty sure she's like really takashi leave that alone because she hasn't responded she she has not gotten into this so i uh, will see it looks like it might be squashed and like i said meek milk did come back and apologize and say he shouldn't have lashed out and he told sam to take his phone whoever sam is he told him to take his phone but takashi and lord takashi or tomagachi or teriyaki whatever you want to call him so it depends on the day i call him different things all the time but he actually might be winning it looks like apparently according to blast.com he might be signing with rock nation jay-z might have said hey you know you got all of these views you he you know your song is trending on youtube as soon as you get out people are back following you you done broke g and you didn't break it like teddy broke it you ain't break it like teddy broke it you broke it right it didn't crash you know what i mean it didn't didn't not let people in the door it wasn't vip he had two million views at the same time watching him half crown ig live it was a lot it was it was a lot but jay-z he saw something and jay-z was like you know what I think I can make some money with this kid. Maybe he signs with him. Maybe he doesn't. I don't know. But it looked like Takashi, yeah, he's winning. Right now, Takashi is winning. And in some sadder news, Andre Harrell, Little Richard, and Betsy Wright all passed away last week. Uh, we had a rough week of people that actually did pass away. Um, so Roy from Siegfried passed away. Uh, we also lost Ben Stiller's father, Jerry Stiller, today. It's just been uh, like one after another after another, like 2020. Please, like, I just want to skip forward. Like, let's, I don't know, 2021 might be a throwaway. Okay. I'm just saying it might be a rebuild year. You know, we might got to wait till the d- draft years and get in rebuild. I might skip over to 2022. Dep- well, depending on how the end of 2020 comes out with the election we might just want to skip to 2024 i I, that's just saying i'm just saying but rest in peace to all those people it was just too many people that passed away this week and last week and erica badu and jilly from philly actually reached a billion impressions on instagram which has got to be a goddamn record It, it was amazing i will say that that it wasn't even a battle and that's what i loved about it it wasn't a goddamn battle it was just two black women loving one another and you got to appreciate when there's two black women just out there loving one another and it was just they were giving us some tea they erica was sipping her tea watch they were spilling tea about you know the different songs and how they came to be like it was and, and, I, and erica had two lives going i don't know how she did it but Erica had two lives going and I was I was I was really happy because I was like, you know what? I feel like I'm backstage. Like this I felt special. Like I felt like I was backstage with Erica. Like we was we was connection. I was backstage. I don't don't tell me nothing. I was backstage. It was that's the new backstage for this quarantine. This new world order we got. That's the backstage. So we was backstage with Erica Badu. And like the songs was they had all the hits. I don't know who won because I don't know what they was playing. I don't know what they wasn't playing. And then look, sidebar to a sidebar. Everybody had a revelation about Tyrone. Cause they was like, you know what, all my life I didn't all my life I had to fight not to be Tyrone. And everybody just realized that Tyrone really wasn't the shitty one. Tyrone was just a good ass friend. He was just the friend 
that was always there for you. He was an enabler. You know, Tyrone was an enabler, but he just wasn't a bad. Well, I don't know if we can say that Tyrone wasn't a bad friend because we don't know too much about Tyrone. You know what I mean? We, we don't know what his deal was. Maybe Tyrone, we know Tyrone had a car, but we don't know if Tyrone had a job because Tyrone might have just been the one that had the car, but he still didn't have no job or whatever so we don't know we can't support tyrone but we was giving tyrone we were projecting erica's pain in her lyrics to tyrone when it really wasn't tyrone so we got to be paying attention pay attention next time but yes it was an amazing thing like i said it would if you were actually there if i was actually backstage it would like i said it would smell like cocoa butter and reefer not weed not cannabis reefer because it's a mature it's mature okay this is a mature atmosphere so you get reefer you know that's what it would smell like and some shade butter babies was born because they was playing some sexy ass music i love it i love it and speaking of people just getting mad they was mad because you know, when he fuck you good, you gotta take your man to Red Lobster. And apparently, when you got a good mama, you gotta get her some Cheddar Bay Biscuits. Because uh, over there in Pennsylvania, it was a Red Lobster that had to shut down. So according to TMZ, this Red Lobster had to shut down because they had ran out of biscuits. Okay? They ain't not my mama biscuits. They, they, didn't, they didn't have no biscuits. Okay? They didn't have no seafood. What is it? Now, let me ask this. What is it about black people and their mamas and fucking crabs like I, I don't know what it is like what is it with black people seafood in their mama like what what's the connection because there was a line out where i lived at the seafood joint trying to get crab cakes crabs shrimp all of that for their mama like what is the connection mamas eat ham too mamas eat burgers too some mamas like vegan food like can we get something else like this is just ridiculous but them people they was about to riot in the damn red lobster it's just it's ridiculous i hope y'all get y'all refund and earl thomas who probably wishes he could get a refund maybe on what he had did uh earl thomas is a safety a future hall of famer and he's now with baltimore ravens he gets caught in a big way because he decided that he was tired of this he was like fuck this quarantine i got to get out I gotta get out this house with his wife and these kids so he called his brother up and his brother take him and they both take their clothes off get in the bed with the same girl and then they posted that shit on snapchat and his wife had found it so she was like you know what we ain't having this i got to pull up so she decides she's gonna take the clip out of the gun she didn't look in the chamber so there were still bullets in there she decided to go scare him with her girlfriends they jump in the car and they riding okay they go over there they see earl thomas and his brother in the bed the thomas brothers aka smash brothers if you've seen the memes okay so they're over there and they are in the bed and so some shit go down and this to me that's nasty i i just could not would not in a boat i could not would not on a moat like i i just could not do that with my sibling i don't know why you if you over a certain age you don't need to be seeing your sibling naked like that's just that's just nasty that they don't don't be doing that and that's gonna be like i said on brunch that's gonna be an awkward ass thanksgiving that's gonna be an awkward ass thanksgiving because you know you're gonna sit there your mother gonna be looking at both of y'all with the side eye like y'all some nasty motherfuckers like i should have known when y'all was in y'all room that something was off i should have known that when y'all was in y'all room and you know it's just gonna be awkward like you know your father gonna be passing you the turkey and he gonna be like you know arrow you want some more turkey or should i give it to your brother first you know just because i know that's how y'all roll 
what? I don't know. Like, it's just going to be a very awkward time. I'm just saying. And speaking of awkwardness, a pole dancing mom goes viral. Oh, here we go with the pole. Now, pole dancing is a rough, it's rough, okay? I'm not saying whether or not I've been on the pole. I, I, I don't strip for a living. I'm a little bit too fat. But I'm not going to say that I've never been to a pole dancing class. That is one of the hardest things you ever will do. Them girls on that pole, it ain't no joke. So a lot of y'all that be talking about them strippers, them strippers got some upper body strength for your ass. I'm just saying. Like, that is... That's, that take that take talent to be able to do that. But what it don't take is stupidity. Now, you don't have to be in a damn bathing suit or you know your bra and your underwear in order to slide down this pole why she got her she grabbed her five-year-old daughter and she decided she was going to take her clothes off and slide down this pole well she did have on like a bathing suit or whatever but it was very awkward and she sat her daughter on top of her cooter and slid down this pole very i get that's where the daughter came from but maybe she didn't want to visit you know what i mean maybe that's not what she wanted to do that was very awkward lady don't do that do not do that the viral all viral moments ain't good now your daughter gotta live down this moment for the rest of her life that her mother sat her on her cooter and slid down her pole like it's just not that's not what we doing what what is the goal and speaking of this is not what we doing chloe kardashian is now in trouble or people are getting on her because she decided that in this toilet paper toilet tissue wherever you're from you may if you're northern or southern i don't know do y'all say paper or tissue because i think uh maybe it's not a, a regional thing maybe it's a a, a age thing because i think my grandmother says toilet tissue and i say toilet paper so this toilet paper shortage she decided she was going to tp her sister's house and you know she got a big ass house so there's a lot of toilet paper and people are like you know this is like liquid well it's not liquid what the hell am i saying this is like paper gold like people are really still out here looking for toilet paper like people really don't have toilet paper on these shows it it must be a different kind of rich when you're a kardashian like i said it's just like a different kind of rich where you can just like not give a shit about anything else in the world but just being rich and donald trump's personal valet gets coronavirus yeah um after he's was spotted in a mask factory without a mask so the fact that his person got coronavirus is not shocking to me i'm pretty sure he won't quarantine um yeah he's been saying fuck this quarantine since he's been telling us to quarantine so i i don't know what's going on over there and then somebody in mike pence's camp gets it so anthony fauci dr anthony fauci got a gold quarantine like a partial quarantine he said for two weeks which is awkward to me how do you partially quarantine is it like soft porn like you like you sort of quarantining but you're not really like i don't i don't i don't get that part but mike pence he played himself his mic was live he decided he was going to pretend to give some ppe to a hospital the box was empty and listen mike he was struggling to carry an empty that's the worst part about it he was struggling to carry an empty ass but he could not pick up this it's cardboard it wasn't even plastic you need to, uh, mm, that was embarrassing that was that was really embarrassing and in some some heavier news kobe bryant's the lawsuit that vanessa bryant has placed on the helicopter company it looks like the helicopter company and the pilot's family is actually fighting back against this lawsuit and they are pushing back that they are the ones that were responsible they are pushing the blame 
on guess who? The passengers. They're saying that the passengers accepted and acknowledged the risk and they decided to fly in the plane anyway. I don't know what will happen with that, but this is it's just a sad thing all around for all the lives that were on that helicopter. And like I said, 2020 has just been a son of a bitch of a year. And Sean Reed's family, it's the gentleman who actually got killed fleeing from the police. And his family is preparing for legal action. According to TMZ, it looks like his uncle actually did go on live. And his mom, I believe, also said that they are potentially planning on legal action against the officers because of the comments that were said. And the police are saying that Sean Reed actually did shoot back at them. However, the family is saying based on the video, there is no way that he could have shot back at them. Now, watching the video, I didn't hear. I would have to go back and see the video again even though it's quite graphic so it's not really a video you would really want to hear but i don't know this that case is a it's tricky one it's a very tricky one but you know my heart goes out to him anybody that's in a situation they should be given an opportunity to uh at least be tried but it, it appears that he was fleeing and not necessarily shooting back at the officers but we shall see what happens in that case but this has been your top 10 trending topics of the week so let's get into these real real topics and let's get into the interview with delay all right we got a, a special guest today so i'm i'm excited we have comedians social media influencer actor author and soon to be philanthropist here with us today or should i say from reading his book Already. the man who needs no introduction welcome to millennials anonymous how are you doing today i'm glad you asked <laughs> i didn't think you would ask me i'm actually have- doing outstanding I am outstanding. Today is already a beautiful day. Even during the quarantine, it's a beautiful day. You, you have to be positive. This this quarantine is kicking right. everybody. This Rona is not good for us, but that's okay. That's right. That's okay. And I also appreciate you being here because I know you say you don't do anonymous, and you came to for us today. So we appreciate you. We appreciate yes, you. yes. I'm so glad you, to be here. We got some stuff. To, we got some stuff to discuss. We do. And if you have not already gotten his book, I need you to get it. So you have an amazing book right now. It's the journey behind the smile. And the title of the book is so. It, it was so fitting. So after I read this book, I actually I identified with some parts. I laughed at some parts. And I wanted to ask you, what made you decide to write the book now? Um. You know, it's crazy. God's timing is impeccable. I um, I met my co-author, Angela Artis, uh, about four years ago, and I was filming a pilot in Atlanta. And she said that, you know, I'm, I'm a fan of yours, and, and I always told my mom that once I was face-to-face with you, I would, you know, let you know that, uh, you know, I was a fan more than anything. I wanted you to know that I think you should write a book. You have an interesting life, from what I know. So I said, uh, you know, I've always thought about writing a book. She said, well, we should do it. She said, when you want to get started? I said, tomorrow. No, let's start tomorrow. Oh, wow. I want to strike while the iron hot. I don't want to wake up. We're going to do it. Let's do it right now. Listen, we are in a quarantine. Who would have thought we'd have waken up in a quarantine? So I said, okay, you know what? Let's, let's start it. She said, well, we can't do it tomorrow. Let's start it for next week. And we, we jumped in. It was a process that took, you know, a 
for me, it was like a two-hour-a-day thing of her recording. Okay. Uh, but overall, it's like a three- or four-year process. Oh, wow. And I think I bared it all. I bared it all. Yeah, yeah. You, you, you did. See, like the book. This is, this is, yeah, this ain't no pamphlet. No. <laughs> this right here is, you know, and I read it I read the entire book in a day it was that it grabbed my attention and I read it took me a couple hours Wait to get through stop what you're saying stop everybody stop people outside stop people at home that's watching stop you you did this in one day I read that book in one day yeah, I mean, I had some time. I mean, we quarantined. I got some time on my hands. I mean, quarantine. I, I can't go nowhere else. Yeah, yeah. In the state that I'm in, we not like Atlanta. You know, we not open, so we we're still locked down. But Where one thing, I'm in I'm in Maryland, so I'm not about forty minutes outside of DC. And it's funny because one of the things that I was missing out of the book was you didn't really go really deep into you've been on a couple tours is it a reason why that wasn't you didn't expand on that in the book and really put that military um, you know stuff in there I, I never wanted to feel like that when i was in the military and i definitely would want our, our service men and women feeling like that as well so yeah it's something i was there but i you know i, I didn't i didn't because even your own service you mentioned some of it while you were in college because oh, yeah. one of the things that was missing to me because you had a lot of great stories so i remember the stories that you were talking about when you actually went to the canine unit and the dog like I, I was looking for that story in the book i didn't see that so that's why I was like, it was some things that you had mentioned when you going, you know, with the hemorrhoids, like that wasn't in there. Right, right. Uh, you know, I, I've, I've got a lot of material. I've got a lot of material and I felt like I could put this on one platform and then still separate that with, you know, with another project. So I just wanted to, anybody that's a fan of mine to see that I have a variety of, a variety of things to choose from. And I've already started writing a second book. Have you? Wow! Started about a month ago. Okay. And uh, the, the the title is uh, the journey continues. Oh wow! Okay, I can see that. And you have so many stories. You're you're one of the best storytellers I think I know, and it's all in the delivery of it. And so I think when I read the book, I read it in your voice. Oh, yeah. So it was there like, there we go. Do you have it in? Is it in audio, or will it be in audio? I'm glad you asked. Okay. No, I think you would ask me. I'm actually starting that next month. I'll start the, the audio books because it, I think I'll be doing the fans a disservice if they were to uh, just have the book and not be able to hear me really express how I feel, you know, have that verbal expression. So I, I'm excited to do that. And with that, it's going to be the same stories, but you'll see a little spin on it. Okay. You'll be able to hear my voice. Uh, a lot of times when you read an audiobook uh, with an, with a, from an autobiography, it's somebody else's voice. And they just kind of guide you through that. No, I want you to have the delay experience the entire time on my audiobooks. Yeah, because if you guys read books, one of the things I noticed is a lot of you had a lot of that commentary that you would have said had you been telling us. Yeah. If you were there, which I found quite interesting. So that's why I was like, this has to be in an audiobook. Like, we got to get the audio. Absolutely. We, in chapter two, 
There was something that happened. So you were circumcised at 13? I was way too old for that. I was way I mean, too old <laughs> to be getting meat chopped. That meat should have been chopped days after I was on this earth. <laughs> but, you know, I come from a poor family. You know how, I don't know. If, I don't know. What oh, I no, I came from a, a poor, yeah, yeah. Okay, I'm from Baltimore. Okay, okay, so you definitely feel good. So, I, I, you know, when you grew up in, the, in, in everything is the charity hospital and, and walk-in clinics and, and free clinics, you know, man, my grandmother, they wouldn't think about, well, we gotta, we gotta get him circumcised. No, we got to feed him. Right. We're about that skin later. Right. We'll get around to, we'll get around to the skin. Let's, let's fill the belly right now. I see where you're coming from, you know, especially from the, your pen, you were Pentecostal or your dad side was Pentecostal. Yeah. I grew up Pentecostal. Can you explain that story about you going into, cause it's an experience if you've never been. I, I grew up, I mean, the church, I, I mean, I had to go to church every Sunday too, but it was Baptist and, you know, people shout, you know, mm-hmm. and, and, and catch the Holy Ghost. But when I went to this Pentecostal church, this was a full out physical activity event. Like I've never seen somebody jump up and take off running, ladies swinging their heads back, wigs flying all over the damn place. It was a shock as a kid. I'm like, what is that? People speaking in tongues. I never heard nobody. Speak. I was like, what language? What language is that? Can you find that on Rosetta Stone? <laughs> no. You've experienced a lot of loss in your life, which impacted your relationships. Can you talk a little bit about the process of channeling that loss into motivation and being able to actually finally accept it? Yeah, um, I think the the problem with me was early on when I was experiencing these losses, nobody explained them to me. Um, People were just, you know, when you're poor, you're just trying to find out how you get to the next day. Mm Mm-hmm. And, and no one had time to sit down and give me an explanation about what death is. It was just, hey, he'll grow up and he'll figure it out. And for me, that, that, that it wasn't good trying to find relationships because I was always going to distance myself. If I felt myself getting too close, I'm going to fall away. I'm going to fall back. Okay. Because my whole experience is people will leave. Mm. And, and I never was able to to, to mend that no one ever you know you no one ever explained it to me so I had to channel that into doing something positive I say you know what I, I can't just keep you know feeling like oh nothing's going to work and I just started betting on me mm-hmm. I just started relying on me and as I matured I said you know what as God would see it he'll put the pieces in my life that needs to be in my life to make these relationships yeah, and one of the relationships that I think was lost, but they didn't necessarily pass away, was your dad. That relationship was yep. one in the book that throughout it was a struggle for you. Was there a moment, because I know at the end of the book, there was a moment where you finally just said, hey, I have to forgive him in order to be a better father to my kids. Do you think that more people should have that epiphany? Because there's a lot of us, unfortunately, that don't necessarily have that stable male father figure and I think it impacts a lot it does I think I think for anybody that's listening and experiencing um, um, a relationship or a broken relationship with a, with a parent or, or a loved one I think it's 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 
incumbent on you forgiving first. Okay. You can't be waiting on the forgiveness or the apology to come from the others. You know, mm. because if if you're waiting, you're setting yourself up for failure. You're setting yourself up for failure. What if it doesn't happen? What if sure. the person doesn't forgive you? What if the person doesn't feel the way you feel? So it starts with you. So once I decided, okay, I'm going to be the forgiver. And however he handles this, I've cleared my plate. You know, okay. my system, my conscience is clear about about however this relationship will end up. You know, because I think you, you can only do your part in a relationship. Yeah. You know, if I love you and you don't love me, that's nothing I can do to make you love me. You have to come around to that. That's I can only do my part. That's true. That's true. I mean, somebody in the book did love you. Very, well, I don't know if they loved you, but they wanted you quite a bit. And it was one of the funniest stories I read in the book, which actually was about the Russian half billionaire um, who wanted you to be her human sex doll. It, was that an, an actual legitimate like I didn't know because I'm on more than one podcast and we have this debate that dick is for free. So apparently this is not true. This is false. Absolutely not. Cock, cock costs. I'll okay. just say that right now. <laughs> I don't know if anybody knows that. Cock definitely costs. You can't just be sitting. I mean, good cock. Good okay. Cock okay. Good cock okay. And yeah, that was a situation. And I was married. I was married. And uh, this this Russian lady shot her shot. She played no games. She she, you know, she had money. She she had no quarrels about boasting about her money. And she was used to having a weight. And I felt, and what I took from that is the power of the word no. Okay. Regardless of how much money she has, whatever her financial status is, I told you no. Okay. So that diminishes everything that you have. Now I bring you down to my level, if not lower. Okay. So this little high horse that you're floating on, no. <laughs> Especially this one. This was yeah. Mary Cop. Because I don't know in the in the book though I think I would have had to have that conversation with my husband I think that would have been a true like sit down we would have had to talk about that so we were we were talking about the the half billionaire but you've also met some heavy hitters as well so you've met Cat Williams and Bill Bellamy would you say that of those heavy hitters that you've met Bill Bellamy and Simply Marvelous have been the biggest mentors that helped you really catapult your career or move you into a better direction? Absolutely. Um, rest in peace, Cindy Marvis. She passed away last year. <clears throat> she was the lady who started me in comedy and actually gave me the name D-Lay. Uh, when I first started comedy, I was going by the name of D-Layered. And then she thought it would be, you know, put a little bit more flavor on it to be apostrophe L-A-I, D-Lay. And she 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 taught me a lot. And once I moved and and, and started really diving into comedy, uh, I ran into Bill. Bill uh, was was definitely a blessing because at this point, after my comedy had gotten really strong, so nobody was bringing me on the road. Like you're not bringing me on the road doing all this shit in front of you. I'm tearing the whole goddamn stage down. You don't want to go. You don't want that. And Bill's like, no, man, I'm a competitor, man. I, 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 I want you to do that. That's going to motivate me. I'm, you know, I'm, I'm, I've been on TV doing acting, and, and, and now it's time to move back into my stand-up. So, yeah, man, go do your thing. And I, I thought he was joking. I'm like, nah, he gonna, he gonna get me off this goddamn road at, at some point. He gonna just, keep, I'm just tearing the goddamn stage out. Nope. 
kept me on. Bill Bellin is the only comedian that has ever kept me on the road. Anybody else I've done a show with, I'm one and done. Okay. I'm one and done. Yeah, you, got, you don't want some problems. You don't want them damn problems. Oh, <laughs> well, wasn't there something with Cam With you as well? Yeah, one and done. We oh. did we did two, uh, two shows that same weekend. We did a show, a show Friday in, in Atlanta, and we did have a show. We had two shows, and that was it. Never heard shit else back from him. I ended up talking to the security. Mm-hmm. Yeah, security. I'm like, hey, man, whatever happened to Cat? I mean, I can't get in touch with him. He said, man, Cat said that you were good. Uh, matter of fact, you were too good. So we're just going to leave it at that, man. Best of luck. What? Oh, shit. <clears throat> you haven't seen me perform live, I don't believe. Wow. I don't believe, you, I don't believe you've seen me perform. Have you seen me live? Not live. I've seen your... Oh, your it's, a oh. it's a problem. It's a problem. It's a problem. It's a problem. Wow. But didn't he and want I, the competition, though? He wanted the competition, well, right? Yeah, but, but some people don't want that. They, they, they just want a you know, safe opener, go up, do a good job, set the crowd up for me, and let me come up and, and knock them down. I'm not trying to outdo anybody. I just, I go a hard 100% every time I get the mic. And, and I don't care who's in there. I don't care who's on stage with me. I'm not trying to outdo you. I'm trying to be the best thing I can be tonight. I'm just trying to outdo each performer. Okay. That's, see, but 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 comedians like a lot of the old school comedians, they not they not dealing with that. I I performed with Sinbad <clears throat> uh, on the Capital Jazz Cruise in January. Wow. And Sinbad came to me. He said, "Yeah, he said, um, hey man, Michael Carney was telling him I just got off stage. He said, God damn. He said you open up for Bill Bellamy. Shit, I was Bill handling that. I said, you know, Bill is a competitor, man. Bill is handling the business. He was like, man, you shouldn't be opening for nobody." So, I mean, my live performance is different. It, it's just a lot of people saw me on Def Jam and they were like, oh my gosh. And that was a, that was a powerful step, but my live performance is just something because I'm letting it all hang out. Everything. I'm acting like if after this set, they're going to quarantine me. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I see, and I, I, I appreciate a comedian that does that, but that brings up a good point because you mentioned the social media guys. I know a lot of the older uh-huh. cats, especially in the comedy game, do not like the social media comedians. How do you feel? <laughs> I mean, I know you're a social media guy as well, so you're kind of like right. on the. I mean, you do both. I'm a hybrid. I'm a hybrid. Do you I, dislike I it though? Like the social media guys no. who are like the comedians now? No, I, 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 as a matter of fact, anytime I get a chance to speak to one of those guys, man, because like I said, I'm a hybrid. I, I'm I'm proficient on the stage. I'm proficient, you know, uh, putting out social media material and anytime I, I get a chance to share a stage with those guys I'm always trying to you know let them know that, that this is a whole nother lane you know what I mean this is stand up this is you know a one man sport in this live there's no do over there's no let me let me edit this part out and let me just make sure I sound good when I say this no on that live performance when you say something that's what they heard you can't fix it you can't you can't you know put a sound effect behind that shit whatever you say that's what they heard so I always encourage them, if you're going to do it, you got to you gotta really be all in. Because comedy is going to beat your ass before it really loves you. It's mm. going to beat the shit out of you. And, and you'll find out. Because a lot of these guys, you know, it's, it's, it's social media is instantaneous gratification. Yes. And for some people, you know, you know, it's hard to try to start over when you got a nice little lane, little comfortable lane where you can go edit your videos and now you got to introduce yourself on another platform, stand up to an audience because they're already holding you at a high regard they're thinking that because the, the audience a lot of times they don't know 
They group us all together. Those media comedians, comedians, hell no, that's two different lanes. That is a social media comedian, he's not a comedian. Why, he, 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 he make me laugh, he makes you laugh in that capacity in which he can edit a video and then put it out. I make you laugh in that capacity which I can edit a video and put it out. I'm talking about a live stand-up performance. I grab the mic and I'll tell you for an hour, shit that's on my mind. Ain't no hiccup, just running straight through it. There's a difference. And, and and you have to respect both ends. I respect the fact that social media guys, it takes it takes a lot to learn how to, you know, to find your rhythm on social media. As does it take your stand up. Stand up a little bit longer. It takes a little bit longer to really get that. Okay. Cause I, I know you, you worked with uh, a couple of like Daphne, you've been in a lot of her videos. Would mm-hmm. you say that because now things are changing. We don't know what's gonna happen after the quarantine. Right. Do you do the social media stand-up? Because there's a lot of comedians who are doing the stand-up thing via social media. Are you opposed to that? Because I don't think I've seen you. No. Because let me tell you, for me, like you see guys doing stand-up. I do stand-up on 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 social media on, on Instagram, IG Live. Uh, my buddy Ali Sadiq uh, started a, a Corona comedy club where he where he does shows Wednesday and Friday, and I go in and you know, and it's pretty much it's different because you don't get that response right away. But I do a podcast called Did You Miss Me Podcast with me, Diddy Terrells, my frat brother, and Kevin Damn Food Simpson, where we used to doing stuff in front of each other and just talking straight to the camera. And, and you're not getting that feedback that you, you know, would get in a live audience. So I'm already accustomed to being able to talk straight directly into my phone because I, I, it's a feeling for me. Okay. Even, yeah, I'd like to hear you laughing. I'd like to hear you engaging. But for the most part, I'm telling you something that I feel deeply about. So I'm all I'm, I don't I don't I'm not waiting on your response. I'm just I'm getting it off. So and it's a trial for a lot of people. A lot of comedians can't do it that. You know, a lot of comedians can't do it that way. A lot of comedians need that stage and mic those audience. And I get it. Uh-huh. But right now, the time we in, let's say let's say that that doesn't go back to normal for another two years. It doesn't go back to normal for another two years. How do you find a home with your comedy with the audience if they're not live? True. But you're already prepared for that. And speaking of your your podcast, oh, I'm in that thing. Oh, I'm in that thing. I ain't worried about it. I'm talking to them. Yeah, that's for them. That ain't got nothing to do with me. That's them. I'm, I'm in that thing. Right. I'm, I can run it. Yeah, and you you guys are you and and uh, Billy Sorrells are absolutely hilarious. And we talked to Headcrack. He was actually on our other podcast. Um, he's absolutely hilarious as well. And you mentioned sort of yeah. how you guys got together, but. Yeah. Was it me and Billy Terrells? Yeah. How did that come to be? Where you guys actually went? You know what? This is going to work. Like, what was the connection between the two? I was trying to have sex with this girl after my show. <laughs> oh, okay. That is how. That's how it all linked up. Now I've been seeing. I've been seeing Billy, Billy on on social media. He had a, he had a nice presence on YouTube. He had been working as young. And just so happened me and him land on a show together. And the first time they face to face, I'm like, hey man, hey, what's happening? Five, big, you know, and we frat brothers. Hey man, fan of you work? He's like, I'm a fan of yours. I said, hey, I need you. I got straight to the point. What? I said, I need you to run interference. What's going on? I got this lady that I got to have sex with, and I need you to help me because she got a buddy that's hanging with her, and I need you to go and we need to divide and conquer. <laughs> and from that moment on, I was like, I can rock with this guy. And he, he called me like the next week. He's like, man, I was thinking about something, man. We need to do a podcast, man. I, I think you're a dope storyteller. And I think it'd be dope if we could, you know, sit down on the couch and just tell a story. Say let. When you want to get started? Tomorrow. So I told him, I want to get started tomorrow. Well, again, 
I jump on shit when it's hot. Okay. And we 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 sat down, talked about what we wanted to do, and we don't we don't discuss what the story is going to be. I don't know what Benny's going to say when he sits on the couch. He doesn't know what I'm going to say. I don't know what damn fool's going to say. Nobody knows anything. We keep it as organic as possible. Wow. And yeah, we just we just go. I don't. We never we never discuss that ever. That's amazing. Mm-hmm. You you don't even write down the topics like he's what... no no no. Bill Bellamy has to try to make me when I do a, a TV set. The only way I write it out is if the studio says or the network says, "Hey, we need to know what you're going to talk about." And I usually read. I, 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 at first, I would just write out every joke that I was just, and then it finally got to the point. I just make up shit because they don't know. All they want to know is if, if, if the performance live going to be tight. Yeah, they want to know. You know, probably know what you're going to be talking about. But I just make up anything. I, I put down frog, talk about frogs in my first set, and the next time I talk about butterflies and then caterpillars. Then I go up there and have a whole set, different set about my family. So I, I mean, it, that for me it's more organic. I get more out of it when I can just envision what I want to talk about and just go and just feel it. And I don't, I don't, you know, everybody is not going to do it that way. That's just what's comfortable for me. Okay. Yeah, no, and I can I can see that it is way more organic if you kind of go off the top of your head. Now, you right. one of the last things I want to talk about with you is the difference between funny and silly. So you yeah. also talked about this in the end of your book. Can you explain to people who haven't read the book yet what is the difference between funny and silly? Because I kind of feel the same way because I'm a stand up person. Yeah. I love. I don't do stand-up, but I, I love to consume stand-up. And I feel like we're getting away from things that are funny. Things are not really funny anymore. What's the difference between funny and silly? Well, a stand-up comedian that does it professionally is funny. A clown is silly. Anybody could do something that gets a reaction and, and, and makes you giggle. <laughs> but does it have any substance to it? Does it, does it really does it make you think? Does it make you feel? You know, because if I put a red bozo horn on my nose and yellow hair, big yellow hair and some clown shoes, and I and I made funny sounds and, and ooh, ooh, da, da. you may laugh, you may chuckle, but that's silly. It's not funny. Funny has substance in it. Funny makes you like, oh my God, I didn't even think of it like that. It has a feeling behind it. Funny has a feeling. Silly is so on the surface. Okay. Are there any... Could you? I'm not gonna make you do that because I was gonna ask. Uh, you. I'm too used to going. I'm too used to going with that. I was, I was gonna get out of that goddamn couch so fast. I was gonna slide out of there. I see you. I see you going with it. Yeah, I'm not gonna make you because I know you. You are in circles. You you run in the same circles with the yeah. same people. So I'm not gonna do that to you. I'm not going to do yeah, that to you. I appreciate that. <laughs> no problem. But can you tell everybody how and where they can get your first book? Yes. She said first book because I'm already working on the second book. This book, uh, Delay the Journey Behind the Smile, you can get it on Amazon all around the world. Just found out that I had fans in, excuse me, I had fans in Switzerland. And at this point, they weren't, Amazon wasn't shipping to Switzerland. But um, to your point, she, the, the, the book can be found on Amazon. But if you want an autograph copy, I implore you to go to my website, itsdelay.com, I-T-S-D-L-A-I.com, uh, for your autograph copy. Uh, if you've never heard of me before, I think this book touches everybody. It's inspirational, uplifting, 
And it's a come from behind story. It's one of those stories where, you know what? I can identify with some pieces in this. This can help me. I want it to help people. I want it to touch people's lives and let you know that you can do it too. No matter your circumstances or where you are right now, you can do it. Awesome. And it is. And I recommend if you are a young comedian, you need to read this book. But it's really for anyone, anyone who has is trying to do something. You need to get this book. So I want to thank D-Lay for coming on to Millennials Anonymous. And you need to pick up his book, The Journey Behind the Smile. I appreciate you, sir. Thank you so much for coming in this quarantine. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I appreciate you. Not a problem, and I appreciate your patience as well. We got it. We got it. The, the devil is busy. You know that, right? You know the devil is busy. Always. Always. Mm-hmm. Always. The devil is a bitch-ass nigga. I don't know if you know that. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I think yes, he is. He, yeah. Yeah. I think I met him a couple times. I, I really do. But, <laughs> <laughs> but, the devil is a fuck boy. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yes, he is. So I, I appreciate yes, that. All right. Yes, I thank you. And I wish you guys the best on your platform as well, Queen. Thank you so much. Okay. All right. All right. So I hit my my thing on my mic. I want to talk about the Ahmad Arbery murder. Okay. And we've seen this story way too much. Okay, he was a 25-year-old African-American male who was shot down. He was murdered in the middle of a street, maybe 10, 15 minutes away from where he lived. He was uh, jogging in the community that wasn't necessarily his community. And they made that very clear that he was not welcome there. So they made it to the point where you are not welcome here and you will not come back. We've seen this far too often. And this reminds me, and it breaks my heart because it reminds me of the Trayvon Martin situation. Black and white, right? The case, case closed. Should have been a very easy case that, again, a former law enforcement individual or person who wanted to be in law enforcement decides that they are going to pretend like they still have a badge and pursue someone that wasn't doing anything but minding their own goddamn business and they were a victim of the fact that they were african-american and they were male that hurt me you know when i saw the trip he was young you know and the fact that you can't even walk in your own neighborhood and the thing is a lot of people say that uh, in Ahmad's case that he was in someone else's neighborhood but if he's 10 or 15 minutes outside of it he was in his neighborhood that was his community so in in a lot of cases or states it's the same same deal so that was that was his community he lived there too he deserved to be there just as much as those other individuals and even let's say he lived 30 minutes away who gives a shit if you can't just run in another community what type of world do we live in right and far too often I think the thing that the issue is is that people assume that African Americans are equal 
because we were emancipated, right? And because of civil rights laws and because of all the other things. We are Barack Obama. And so they assume that we are equal. I want to be the first person to tell you that we should be more than than equal, right? We, we should all be on the same level playing field. Everybody should see everybody the same. But I want to be the one person to tell you that that's not true. In America, there are so many biases that are ingrained in what America was. America was built on the back of slavery. If you think that that's going to disappear just because you wrote something in the Constitution and or you passed a couple of bills or laws is going to change racism, no. Racism is not learned. Racism is not ingrained in us. It's learned. So you learn to be racist. You're not born racist. So as long as you have racist people, they will have racist kids and then they will have racist kids and they will have racist kids and it passes down. And even if you are not 100% racist because I got black friends, you know, I don't see color, which is it irritates me to my core because even if you colorblind, let's say you let's say the fuck you colorblind, right? You still see gray shades of gray. So you see some color unless you're completely blind. It's not about seeing color. It's about what you do with that information once you see that I am a different shade than you. It's nothing wrong with acknowledging the fact that we are different. That is, that's beautiful. Different is beautiful. It is what do you do with that information once you see that I am black? How do you process that? How do you treat me? What do you think about me once you see that I am black? That is racism. Not the just seeing it. Seeing it is not a bad thing because now you are acknowledging that, yeah, I'm different from you. You have a different culture than I do, and I should respect that. Nothing wrong with that. Because if you see the differences, you can include the differences. I think that's another part of America that we fail to know. That if you don't see the differences, you can't include the differences. Therefore, you have only blonde haired blue-eyed women as the staple of beauty. Because there's no differences, right? Who gives a shit if you have a dark-skinned woman on the color of this magazine? We're all the same! We've got to really take a look at us as a nation. And we've also got to take a look at us as a culture. And I'm talking about black people. As a nation, we know where we stand. I think a lot of people in the middle of the country might want to close their eyes and pretend like it doesn't exist because they're also like impoverished and they're going through something. But just because you're impoverished and going through something doesn't mean that you don't have biases. Biases, I guess you say. Or bias. And we're never going to change people's perspective or change people's minds if we are completely 100% divided either. Which I know is the next step. A lot of people say, oh, black people just need to be black people and just, you know, we just be amongst ourselves. That's not going to change racism. As a matter of fact, it'll make it worse. I can guarantee it. Because if you don't know black people, you gonna make us some shit about black people based on some shit your parents told you or your grandparents told you it's gonna make it worse not better and then if you know black people congregate in one area you see what happened in Oklahoma back in the day they don't just fuck it up 
we can't have segregation. We, we cannot be self-segregated. That's not going to work. We have to find a way to make sure that we can live in the country that our ancestors built from their backs. We deserve to be here and we deserve to walk in the same places that white people do. We should not have to self-segregate in order to do that. Period. This case with Mr. Aubrey, the only reason why we are talking about it now because there is a video. Had there not been a video, this would have just been another black man down. And I get upset because, yes, we had the coronavirus going on, but I think the NAACP in that area said that the reason why they hadn't done much is because of the coronavirus. But you could have at least made it vocal. You could have put this on social media. We could have sought it some, some something. We didn't hear anything. It took weeks before these two individuals, potentially three, get, have even gotten arrested. And I mean, you still have things that are popping up. And I think a lot of black people are taking their anger and they, they you know, they're pulling up the GoFundMe pages for these two individuals that people have started. Don't worry about it. Don't even worry about that. We need to be focused on not the social media GoFundMe pages. If you see they got a GoFundMe page and you worry like, where's the one for the family? Go start a GoFundMe page for the family. Go start a GoFundMe page for Aubrey's family. Mr. Aubrey's family. We get so distracted so easily that we are still standing in the same spot from the same, like it was like a couple of days or weeks ago that we had the anniversary of the, the murder of Trayvon Martin. We are still standing in the same spot. That was years ago. This is this is outrageous and we get distracted so easily we've got to start making sure that we don't just have agendas to have agendas that we have goals and we have things that we actually are starting to accomplish one of the easiest things that we can do to make sure that you know they had a shitty district attorney's office there shitty and I'm so allegedly the first district attorney said that the mother wanted him to recuse himself because he was related to one of the murderers. Okay. And I'm kind of glad if, if it is true, I'm glad she did because clearly he, there was bias there because when you read the report that he wrote initially, it completely contradicts the video. It complete lies. And he said that it was justified. They were in stand your ground. No, no, no. That's only if a felony is taking place. There was no felony. He didn't engage them first. They engaged him. So if anything, the stand your ground would have protected Ahmad. Not those two white men in that truck. So I'm, I'm actually kind of glad it didn't go to that office. But the issue is, is that it should have been able to. And it didn't. Like the sheriff department, I they didn't even make arrests. They didn't do anything. This is why making sure that you're voting and paying attention to the politics in your area is so important. Not just voting every two and four years, but making sure that you're voting on the local levels and making sure you're holding these individuals accountable. If you see this stuff is not getting done, you need to be calling. You can call their office. You can write letters to them. You can go to their office as many times as you want. And that's what we need to start doing so that they know, hey, hey, you don't fuck with them. 
these black people they ain't, they ain't fucking playing around so we need to make sure that we because you know we vote for circuit court judges and we we're voting for the delegates and senators and we need to make sure that the right people that are should be running are running and that when they do run we support them and then when we support them we hold them accountable that's stage one because that's an easy thing it's a lot easier to make sure you get the take the wrong people out put the right people in than it is to change people's racist minds because racism is a mindset that's a hard thing to change so you've got to start working things that you can change the next thing we need to do once we start to get those people out and vote the right people in is we need to make sure that we as black people do not get desensitized by black death it happens too often we get so desensitized by black people dying that we ignore it and what i am saying is what a lot of people like well i don't want to hear that right now i'm gonna say it we do not give a damn when black people killed unless a white person is involved or police officer if they're involved we care if they're not we don't we gotta stop that because if we care about any black people that have been un justly untimely killed we need to have that same level of energy so that these fucking police officers and all these other people know that we don't take no shit if we not gonna allow our people to kill us we not gonna allow you to kill us and that's period we don't take it we ain't gonna stand for it i'm not gonna sit around waiting around to see what happens i'm gonna hold my people accountable if you out there shooting people over nonsense sorry I, I gotta say something I'm not gonna protect you no more we gotta get our communities back this is not cool even though you think that you doing something for you or your your family or whatever this is this stuff to kill each other was ingrained in us that it's okay for black people to be killed from slavery we gotta stop it that's two so and that's something if that's within us we should be able to handle that within us harder than voting yes but doable yeah it's sad that we are still kind of in the same situations it it's so sad that you could really look at this story and take this story from to from March, not March, February, and put it in 1950s. You could literally interchange stories. That's not cool. It's amazing that we have people that still want to pretend like this is not really a case shut type of thing because it really is if you watch the video i don't care what i don't care if he was looking in the house and i'm like of all the houses you gonna look for the empty house what are you stealing dreams like i I don't understand i just don't get it like you have people that are still trying to justify it because it's become tribal it's us against them no 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 this should just be right and wrong what happened was just wrong this is not a us against them kind of moment. This is let's do what's right. This right. 
they need to be held accountable. And yes, they finally did get arrested. Took 10 weeks or so, but they finally did get arrested. And we need to make sure that when the grand jury comes back in the mid-June, so we don't even know which charges they're going to put on them yet. We don't even know. You need to continue to keep the pressure up so that they know that this is not going to stand. This is not tolerable. But make sure that after whatever the outcome is, good or bad or indifferent, that we continue to mobilize. We continue to vote. We continue to create programming in our communities. We continue to uplift our communities. And when I say uplift our community, it's something simple like cleaning up your block. If you change the perspective that this is worth, this has value, it will start to change people's mindsets. Because a lot of the times when people don't see that there's any value in it, they don't care about it. We need to put value in us as black people and we need to put value in us as our, as in a community. Rest in peace, Mr. Ahmad Aubrey. I hope that his family gets justice. And this is an open conversation that will certainly continue. I want to thank D-Lay for coming on the show today. I absolutely appreciate him for coming through, bringing the funny. Make sure you buy his book, Journey, The Journey Behind the Smile. Again, shout out to Brunchin. Make sure you like and subscribe to Brunchin on all major podcasts and platforms. We are going to have an amazing guest coming up next week, Miss Sarah Weiss. And we're going to be talking to her about her journey. She is, in fact, a transgender woman. So we're going to be talking to her about that. And if you have any questions or you want to be a part of the show, make sure that you go to our website at www.millennials with a Z because we cool like that and we black like that and .us so that you can fill out the form, let us know what you want and, you know, all of those types of things. And so we will bring you on. We always love to talk to different people from different backgrounds and different topics and subjects. We got a Mother's Day special that's out. So make sure you tune into that. And we also have... A, polit- a political panel that will be coming up so make sure you stay tuned for that as well thank you so much for rocking with millennials anonymous bye